Welcome to the Conscious Families Podcast, conversations with conscious parents, authors, and educators to uplift and inspire you. This podcast is part of the Conscious Families online community, which offers support and inspiration to help you awaken your child's true potential. You can visit ConsciousFamilies.org to find out more. Hello, everyone. Our conversation this month is with Hrdaya Atwell, the current director of the Original Living Wisdom School at Ananda Village in Northern California. She has held this position for the last 26 years and has also worked as a teacher and guidance counselor for the high school. She is the mother of two, stepmom of five, and grandmother to many, and has learned a lot about parenting and educating using the education for life approach through her years of experience both in the classroom and at home. Hrdaya brings a calm and heart-centered presence into every situation and has guided and supported many parents and families over the years. We had a little difficulty with our audio on this interview, but hopefully the inspiration still comes through crystal clear. One last thing to note is that a few times Hrdaya refers to Swami in our conversation. She's referring to Swami Kriyananda, also known as J. Donald Walters, who was the spiritual director of Ananda as well as the author of Education for Life. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, this is really special to get to spend time together chatting. And I wanted to start with um, just how you got involved with the school and with Education for Life. I don't know much about where you were before that and how that started. I know you've been with the school for a long time, but mm-hmm. just curious. Okay. Well, I think I, I'm not exactly sure of the year. I should have really marked it down on my calendar. But I think this is my 26th year uh, with the school. And um, the, the principal who was here, um, it was, uh, he decided he would leave. And so everyone was thinking, gee, I wonder who's going to take his place. And I was kind of thinking, gee, I wonder who's going to take his place, just like everyone else. And I was um, actually working um, over at the Crystal Hermitage as um, helping Lakshman as Swami's second secretary. And then I got asked a surprise, I was very surprised, would I come over and be the principal of the school? And I said, well, not with a lot of help, without a lot of help, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, I have to think of myself as a team, you know, and everybody was, of course, very supportive and, oh, sure, we'll be a team with you. And um, that's really the only way I could see how I could do it. And then. For the first whole year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody call me the principal. <laughs> After that, you know, I kind of got more used to it. And, you know, of all the legal things of being the director of a school, you have to call yourself the director. You have to call yourself the principal. So I got used to that finally. So did you have any involvement with the school prior to that or, with, or uh, you know, involvement with Education for Life that that made them think of you for that job? Uh, well, actually, yes, um, because if I would thought back and answered correctly the first time you asked me, but I did work for the school um, many years ago. My kids were in the school at the time. It must have been in the mid-80s because um, Usha was working here and uh, Jake Hasbon was the principal. And um, Swami asked me, would I become the vice principal um, for a while because there was some difficult things that were happening in the school between um, some people and he said would you go in and try to help out and I said sure and so I became the vice principal and um, it wasn't like I had a lot of duties other than to sort of try and bring harmony to the situation and I did that for I guess it was about a year and a half 
and then I went on to do other things and then I came back. Mm -hmm. But my kids did go through the mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. um, until sixth and seventh grade. So did you feel like, I'm just curious, like what, was there anything about, you know, this, the education for life approach that really drew you in? And, and I mean, you said yes, twice. <laughs> <laughs> so there must have been some spark that drew you to this type of service and to, to education for life and the school. Right, of course, you know, and it, it is our way at Ananda to try and um, to look at service as um, all service as equal. And so, you know, I felt good about saying yes. After, after a first, it was like, what? Um, finally, you know, thinking about it more, this is how it's supposed to be, you know, I'll say yes. But yeah, my kids went through the school and um, I did, you know, I did know about Education for Life because of that. And I knew the teacher, their teachers well, and I knew about the system of Education for Life from going to meetings and that type of thing. So I, I was definitely knew what was going on. What do you think is, or what do you feel is unique about the Education for Life approach? Was there something that struck you as you were first starting to get to know about it, you know, as your kids were going through the school or something that, you know, really stands out to you now that you feel is mm -hmm. unique? Yeah, I, I think the first thing I would say is that just um, looking at children on a deeper level, on an individual level, and they're each, each of their own path um, and not just looking at the class as a whole, but trying to understand everybody's life situation, I guess I would call it, and, and what are their strengths and what are their uh, work places where they could use some help. Um, because normally in most educational situations, it's you're just looked at kind of academically, and your behavior, of course, is looked at too. Um, so that's what really stood out to me was, oh, these kids are all loved and um, and just enjoyed for who they are and they're given help for the things that they need help with mm -hmm. and I know as a parent it was when I first had kids it was just I considered they were all kind of would be alike <laughs> in a sense like oh you have one and then you have another and they'll you know you basically do things the same way and it was that's not true and um, so it rung, rang true to me that education for life fits right in there because I, I was shocked when my second kid came along and I was treating him the same way I tr treated the other one and it didn't work out so well. They were completely different human beings. And so as you love them both the same way, you can't necessarily deal with them mm. in the same way. Mm. So do you feel like you learned more how to work with each child differently? Like what did you what did you learn? I mean, you said, you know, you kind of learned from experience that it didn't, what didn't work. Uh -huh. <laughs> was there anything that you learned as you went along or maybe as you, you know, came through the school, your children came through the school that helped you work with each of your children differently? Um, well, I, I think it was around, a lot was around discipline. Like um, one was extremely sensitive and I had to watch everything I said I had to watch my tone I had to I mean I guess you should be doing that anyway right but I wasn't necessarily doing that all the time and then um, the second one was like very um, a lot of willpower and but not not really sensitive and so I just had to figure out a way to deal with him which 
that was harder for me because I was I was more in tune with dealing with the sensitive nature than the will the willpower nature, and then you know then getting into education for life, as the years went along, it helped me understand my kids better, mm -hmm. because I wasn't thinking of the different stages you mm -hmm. know of maturity, um, until I learned about the different stages of maturity and mm -hmm. which one is was strongest in mm -hmm. both of my kids, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see where that would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I love what you mentioned too about just how for you it was more natural. You had more attunement yourself with that feeling nature. Yeah. And so it was a little more of a stretch. But just to realize that I'm sure helped you then work with it, you know, work with right. that willpower, even if it wasn't your natural area right. of strength. Yeah, it helped me. It it taught me, yeah. you know, how to, mm -hmm. how to deal with just his nature more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you notice an impact on your children coming to the school were they at a different school before and then they came here or well they started here okay and then we moved to this uh, there was a san francisco ananda center at the time um, we moved there for a while and my um my oldest son went to a waldorf school there and then um, we moved back we moved around kind of a lot and then um, we also moved to the um, it was a menlo park center then but the palo alto center now and so then my youngest uh, child went to some preschool, different preschool and childcare situations down there. And so, um, yeah, it was interesting for me because I was really happy when we moved to San Francisco, I could get my child into, into the Waldorf. And it was a complete bomb for him. It, I think Waldorf is great. You know, yeah. there's a lot of things that really fit together with Education for Life, but it didn't work for him because it was a system that said, this is what we do now. This is what we do next. This is what we do next. This is what we do next. And it was more based on the system. It is more based on the system, which is a good system, than it is based on the individual child. And mm. uh, he um, he just really had a hard time. Didn't work, Didn't work for yeah. him. Yeah. That's a beautiful comparison of the two. You know, just that, the, you know, it's a beautiful system, but that it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work for every child. Right. And whereas Education for Life is really starting with each individual child and can work you know, for each of them. You talked a little bit about the challenge of having, you know, two children that were very different. Um, is there any other challenge or maybe one of uh, uh, a parenting mistake that stands out to you? I know. <laughs> Plenty of them. <laughs> well, one that maybe stands out that you've learned from or that you right. might share. Uh-huh. I think I was a, I know, I was a nervous parent and I worried and, um, I used to see my mom just worried about us kids all the time. And, you know, I didn't see myself as a worrier, but actually I really was. And and I I didn't give them enough chance to make their own mistakes and just just get the consequences of those mistakes and work through it and learn your life's lessons. I was always trying to make things better all the time. And I think that's a common mistake that, that American parents do. And um, it's not a good thing. You know, the mm -hmm. kids have to learn their life lessons. And and the more you try to fix things, the more it doesn't work and the more you worry. And it's not, not that great of a cycle. Doesn't really work out well for either of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how did you work with that? I'm kind of curious. Did you, I mean, was it just sort of over time? It was, it was over time. And um, I got feedback from, you know, from my husband. I got feedback from the kids when I got older. Mom, chill out. You know, when they were, you know, they were older and really understanding what was going on. Mm -hmm. So it helped me, um, 
you know, I, you know, I feel like I was, I always wanted to learn to do better, but we get in these habit patterns and it's hard to change. But um, I tried to listen to what they were telling to me mm -hmm. and yeah, I think it did help. Mm -hmm. And just life experiences too, you know, you learn, we keep making the you same mistakes. <laughs> yeah, over and over again. It's like, oh yeah, that didn't work. Okay, mm -hmm. let's try something different. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's anything that stands out to you that really supported you as a parent? Yeah, well, the school supported me as a parent and um, education for life philosophy, when I understood it better over a longer period of time, that supported me. My spiritual practice, of course, supports me and supported me at the time. And, you know, it's not a good thing to worry uh, about anything, you know, excessively like that. So, um, you know, meditation, um, just trying to calm yourself, wanting to come from your center, it helps you in all phases mm -hmm. of life, um, mm -hmm. worrying included. You talked about the school supporting you and then about education for life as you learned about it more, mm -hmm. really helping you. What would you, how, how was it that you felt you really absorbed and, and started to understand what education for life was? Were there, you know, was, I mean, you can read the book, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like, what your experience was, what really helped you to understand it and, and apply it? Well, I think you just have to have the experience of it. And I think when I actually came to be the principal, um, I started being in the classroom more. Um, eventually I did teach classes in the high school and I was around the teachers all the time and staff meetings all the time. Um, you know, EFL conferences, like, oh, now I get it. You know, ha actually having the experience with children uh, in the classroom and um, on the playground, you know, we, we often say that uh, recess is one of our biggest learning experiences throughout the day mm. um, because that's when, you know, life happens. And <laughs> if you're not flowing with it in a way that's helpful to you or other kids, then um, that's where the lessons are happening and that's where you're down, you know, the rubber hits the road kind of and you have to deal with things. And so it's actually being at the school where mm -hmm. it really, mm -hmm. that gave me my greatest understanding. Sounds like also just that experience over time mm -hmm. and, and just your own direct experience, which is such a key piece of right. education for life for everybody. What's the best piece of advice someone ever gave you as a parent? I think just to... Um, try to tune into my kids on a deeper level and to not worry so much. Mm. Yeah, mm. kind of fits together with my, you know, what a, my, uh, my experience of, of being a worrier. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, that's probably it. What did it look like for you then to try to tune into your kids on a deeper level? What did that look, look like in a practical way? I guess just, you know, of course I love my kids, and I loved them the same, even though they were different. But just trying to um, maybe observe them in, in different experiences from the background and not from like, um, you know, just everyday experiences in, in the home, but like, you know, they were always on sports teams and that was a big part of our life. And just, you know, sort of seeing how they acted around other people in other different situations and situations that might be stressful. Um, just, I think, observational um, experiences on my part were really helpful mm -hmm. for that. I'm curious also about, you know, working with the, and observing, you know, so many children here at the school, you know, what, what would you say is, I mean, maybe it's unique for each 
individual to some extent, but do you notice any themes of what, what sort of impact it has to be working with the education for life approach, how that, um, you know, what, what impact that has? Um, I, I just think that, you know, we really stress the um, higher qualities with in education for life. And it's just so essential for kids to, to be kind to each other, to not be putting each other down, uh, and to learn how to cooperate. Um, it's just how you get along in life. And we can just go through life just stressing the academic part of school and not stressing that all those other fine qualities and you can create the, a very fine intellect, but not a very happy person in the long run. And so I think what I see as the most important thing for kids in, in our system and, and just for kids in general is, gee, learn how to get along. Mm. Learn who you are on the inside. So, and so that help, learning who you are helps you understand and relate to other kids and other adults' realities um, as you're growing up. And I just think that's just one of the most important things that we can do for, for other people. Is there a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you as a parent? <laughs> that maybe looking back now, you, you, or maybe a piece of advice that you find yourself often sharing with the parents that you work with at the school? Don't get caught up in the little, in the little picture. And it's, it's very difficult not doing that because we're so attached to our children. And especially if you, you, you have one child and you, you haven't experienced those other stages with that child. So you think, oh my gosh, they're having this big problem. And it's actually, as our preschool teacher is always telling me because I go in there and help her out, she says, Predia, now it's just the age, it's just the age. And they grow out of this and they grow out of that. And so I, I have seen so much in my, my own experience as my kids get older and they, go, they went through different stages, they changed. They were not um, stuck in some of the themes, same themes that they had been <laughs> as little kids. And sometimes as parents, we're like, we're so zeroed in on that. And we're so zeroed in on our own kids. And um, I, I think the best piece of advice is just trying to open up and try and just experience the bigger picture as much as possible because eventually you will, um, you have to, but uh, it's, it's just good to write, keep an open mind and an open heart as much as possible and try to understand other people's and other kids and other parents' realities. Yeah, just getting that perspective, that, that can be hard, right? Like you said, when you, really if you only have one child or you know, you're going through, they're going through one stage and to just, yeah, have that bigger picture is, can be challenging. Um, I mean, obviously you have had a lot of experience with that bigger picture, being able to be in so many different classrooms and running this school. Um, how might, I don't know, how might a parent be able to tune into that or, or relate to that or work with that in their own? Well, if I take it down to a really basic level, I would say find some sort of a meditative practice. Anything that, that you vibe with that helps you calm down, helps you open your heart, helps you keep an open mind, um, helps you breathe through situations. Um, I think that's the most, absolutely most basic important thing that, that someone can do. Mm -hmm. And you know, lots of times that's hard to do, mm -hmm. especially with kids because mm -hmm. you have so many responsibilities, but even just 
you know, some breathing exercises after you drop your kid off at school or some breathing exercises and just stop and breathe when you're in the middle of a situation with your child that you're having a hard time with. Mm -hmm. Stop and breathe and pause and, you know, do a restart. Mm -hmm. Sounds like too, you know, finding some sort of uh, community or some connection with other families and other parents would be helpful too. Like you were saying, you know, just being a part of the school was really supportive for you and just being able to see you know, other people right. that are going through different things and, right. and just get that perspective. Yeah, because, and, and, it's, and it's a good place to put yourself with other parents that you feel, well, if you feel like you feel in tune with us, sometimes we don't necessarily feel in tune with other people, but they can give us feedback that could be helpful to us. Mm. So I think, yeah, having a pod of some kind that you uh, are a part of where, um, you're hanging out together, your kids and families are spending some time together and you're seeing them interact with the good things and the not so good things and you know, be able to discuss what's the highest situation that we can, what's the highest thing we can bring to the situation, mm-hmm. that type of thing. I'm curious about um, your experience. Uh, you've also been, you're a parent, also a step-parent and a grandparent. So has what you've learned through the school and through Education for Life, has that, how has that helped you or, or influenced you in those roles? It's really helped me, especially, well, I, I didn't become a step-parent. You know, all my stepchildren were like in their 20s and 30s by the time, yeah. you know, I came into their lives. Well, let me, yeah, 20s, let's put it that way. So I didn't live with them, in, you know, in a shared family situation. But um, uh, just the experience of, I've had just learning uh, about different kids, different kids' realities, experiencing them, being in the classroom, um, just has helped me with my grandkids, especially, just to see, um, oh, don't, don't judge that behavior. Try and understand that behavior because you've seen that behavior before, and you judged it before, and that didn't help. <laughs> so, why don't you try and understand that behavior? So, it's been actually really helpful. Like, you know, being in a little experiment all the time and learning and learning from the experiment. And, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Just the power. We just keep coming back to that power of experience of our own direct mm-hmm. experience and just and experimenting and just right. kind of observing and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And that, I don't know, it just sounds like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have all the answers going in. And generally, we're not going well, to. We don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah, but that that's okay, and that we can yeah. we can you know learn through. Just whatever. be open to learning all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if we think we got all the answers, we know you know we just know we're going to get in trouble, and it's going to get slammed in our faces. Yeah, so awesome. might as well try to be you know uh, as humble as possible and just keep learning. I'm curious. Um, you know, the name of our program is Conscious Families. And a lot of what we've been talking about is how to be conscious in our parenting and our teaching and relating to children. So how would you describe what it means to be a conscious family? I just think always um, being, trying to be aware of others' realities, not just your small family, but trying to expand that out, you know, to the people you come in contact with in all walks of life. Because what you learn in the grocery store is going to be helpful in what you're experiencing in your home. And bringing all those experiences together, um, always 
always trying to bring it to the highest and and that's not always easy but um trying not to be judgmental um in your uh, experiences with other people and with other families and just trying to see the highest in yourself and in your family and then you know expand that out into other people mm, beautiful i thought of one other question um you know talking about the role of experiential learning of learning from our experience do you have any thoughts on how parents can guide or work with their children as they're kind of learning from their experience because like you know, there is that worry of like, oh, if I just let this be, you know, what, how, do I, how do I balance that? Like letting my child learn from their experience and, okay, but sometimes I need to do something or... You have to fight the battles you can fight and then you have to let go of others that maybe aren't as important, at least in the moment, aren't as important. And then um, tune into what's happening in the moment and not... Um, I think it's really important not to put things off like when something is happening in the moment and it could be really difficult for you to deal with not to just sort of take the child away out of the situation and say we're going to deal with this later I think dealing with something immediately mm -hmm. I, I saw you do that all the time at recess mm -hmm. dealing with things in the moment bringing mm -hmm. kids together if there's some disharmony that's happening or if there's disharmony with you and your child um, Sometimes you can't deal with it in the moment, yeah. and you shouldn't. You have if to calm down first. You have or... to calm down first, and that's that part of that making a, a split-second decision. And you get, we get experience in doing that you know, throughout life, and knowing, knowing when to act and when not to act, knowing when to talk and when not to talk. Because mm -hmm. so many times we, we make the mistake of trying to give advice <laughs> at the wrong moments mm -hmm. or when it's not asked for mm -hmm. or... Um, it just takes so much experience in balancing out all those things. Yeah, it sounds like even in that, that parents can just sort of be experimenting with uh, their, and increasing their awareness in those moments. Like, right. oh, I gave some advice and how did that work out? Or, oh, in this moment, let me not and just see how that works right. out. And there's always, there's always, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's always, please forgive me. Mm. And um, because we do make mistakes, you know, over and over. And I said, I wish I hadn't have said that to you. I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. um, can we have a redo? Yeah, just to remember there's always that uh, potential. Yeah. 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 It's a, and it's a good lesson for our kids, too, mm -hmm. when we do that. Well, they're always watching us all the time. They watch us in how we relate to our partners. They watch us in how we relate to our other kids. They watch us how we relate to uh, other adults. They watch us in con conflicting situations. They watch us when we're angry. Mm -hmm. They're always watching us and um, they will emulate. And so it's important to, mm -hmm. and that's coming back to trying to be centered as much as possible in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it's so important. Keep coming back to our center much as possible well thank you this was a wonderful informative interview lots of gems well thank you for asking me we hope you enjoyed this conversation if you'd like to find out more about the conscious families program or anything discussed in today's episode 
you can visit consciousfamilies.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram for more inspiration. We hope you'll stay connected and join us next month for another Conscious Conversation.